The Equitable Life Assurance Society presents This is your FBI. This is your FBI, an official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, presented as a public service by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. As you listen to the thrilling stories from the files of the FBI, one of which will begin in just a moment, you realize how solidly and firmly these FBI men stand for national security in nearly everyone's mind. And that brings up an important fact about the sponsor of this program, the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. The Equitable Society stands for the security of life insurance in the minds of more than three and a quarter million Equitable Society policyholders. And with good reason. For the Equitable Society representative in your community is a trained man, familiar with life insurance in all its uses and applications. He's an expert in security, an authority on the subject. And he'll show you, without obligation, how to build security through the Equitable Life Assurance Society for you, your home, and your country. Tonight's FBI file, Salesman of Espionage. A few months ago, we presented a special version of the official FBI motion picture, House on 92nd Street which told for the first time the dramatic story of your FBI's war against some of the Nazi agents of espionage in America. Tonight, we turn back to the period immediately preceding December 7, 1941, and bring you another story of counter-espionage on the home front. We break the seal on a chapter from the file, German Operations Galveston. <laughs> In the days immediately prior to America's entry into the war, increased FBI surveillance under a presidential directive had so restricted the maneuverability of Nazi agents known to the FBI that the Nazis were forced, in many cases, to employ professional artists of intrigue, those whose business it is to spy for monetary profit. In some cases, those agents were German, in some cases Italian, and sometimes... They were American. A few minutes ago on this particular night, a small cabin cruiser put out from a private pier near an isolated beach house somewhere in the Galveston area and headed out into the Gulf of Mexico. At the wheel, a young man about 22. His companion, a woman in her middle 40s. They're about four miles out now as the young man speaks to the woman. I say, Mother, we're in luck so far, but... But what, Richard? What if we should encounter the Coast Patrol? You have a permit for the boat, haven't you? Yes, but we hardly have a license to carry the kind of cargo we have on board. Let me worry about that, Richard. But 
suppose they should come aboard for inspection. I shall do the talking and no one will come aboard. But they just might. Richard, Okay. Test ah, violence of this kind is so uncouth. Well, there was nothing else to do after he repented and threatened to expose us. If we had let him get away, the jig would have been up for us. He was a handsome man, wasn't he, Richard? As I could tell, you thought so. Such a delightful cocktail companion. Well, getting back to business, Mater, what we learned from him should be worth at least $1,000 to the Germans. Nonsense, Richard. 2000 or we shan't have it. Very well. Uh, don't you think this is far enough out? Mm, so. Okay, then I'll cut it down and let it drift while we do the rest. Can you manage alone? Yes, I think so. Well, here goes. Well, au revoir, old dear. And thanks for the information. days later, agent in charge Harrison of the Houston field office of the FBI, some 50 miles from Galveston, is at his desk when... Harrison speaking. This is police headquarters, Galveston, Mr. Harrison. Well, hello. I'm calling about the man reported missing the last two days. The construction engineer? Yes, sir. His body was found washed ashore this morning. So? The information he was known to have had on his person is missing. Well, it's not hard to tell who has the information by now, but who procured it for them is another problem. Is there any further assistance we can give you? Yes, for the time being, I'd like you to keep the discovery of the body quiet. We'll be glad to cooperate with you. I feel sure this is the work of professionals. If we can discover who they are, then we'll have a murder charge with which to take them out of circulation. I see. How was the man killed? 32 caliber automatic. All right, I'll have one of our men hop down and check the tails with you right away. And thank you for calling. Are you expecting someone here? Not this evening, Richard. Why? Well, somebody just drove up in the courtyard. What? Well, who is it for? I don't know. Maybe it's the police. Nonsense. It's been 48 hours and there's been nothing in the papers or on the radio about it. Yes, but... Moreover, there's nothing to connect up with it. Shall I go to the door? Wait. Look for the curtain. See who it is. Who is it? Looks like Mr. Sutter. Sutter. Go get him in quickly. And if he hasn't found out about the other night, don't say anything. I'm very sorry I have to come here. Come in, Mr. Sutter. Close the door quickly, Richard. Hi, Littler. Never mind that nonsense. Now, what pleases the reason for this visit? I'm sorry. It was necessary, Mrs. Fairfield. I told you at the beginning, Mr. Sutter, no one from the legation must ever be seen coming to this house. I have told you this is most urgent. What do you mean, urgent? Richard. The United States Army is strengthening its harbor defenses. We must have a map showing the new installations at once. Oh, oh is that all? Richard. I repeat, we must have the map at once. I cannot work miracles, Mr. Potter. I'm aware of that, Mrs. Fairfield, but uh, I may have a new contract for you who can get such a map. Who? Here is his name and description. And who is this Mr. Fargo? He came to my office this morning wanted to sell information. Information of what sort? I did not go into the matter with him. 
I certainly could not entertain such a proposition because... Oh, Germany has no hostile intentions toward America. Yes, yes, go on. He's very good furnish information on almost anything. Do you consider him a good risk? That is for you to determine. We cannot assume that responsibility. Oh, I see. Well, where can Mr. Fargo be contacted? He lunches in the Palm Garden of the Gulf Park Hotel every day. Very well. $5,000 for the map, Mr. Sutter. That is too much. 1000 Good night, Mr. Sutter. 2000 Show help Sutter to the door, Richard. Very well. 5000 Thank you. Good night, Mr. Sutter. Will you please not join us at the Gulf Park for lunch tomorrow? <laughs> those silly girls for a minute. Oh, they don't look silly from where I sit, Mater. We're here strictly on business. But our man hasn't shown up yet, so why can't I have a dance or two? Later, perhaps. But I think this is Mr. Fargo coming in now. Where? Medium built, dark complexion man. Oh. But don't stare at him. Well, what do you know? He's coming directly to our table. Shouldn't wonder. Now let me do the talking. Good afternoon, madam. My name is Fargo. I believe you were expecting me. I beg your pardon, sir. May I sit down? It's less conspicuous for all of us that way. Thank you. Please, I'm sure you've made a mistake. Why don't we save time, madam? After all, you two were the only ones in the room who watched me closely as I walked in. I wasn't aware of that fact. You don't think I was fooled by Mr. Sutter's refusal of my offer? I beg your pardon. I expected him to refuse us. After all, he must play his little game. But making the offer was the only way I could make contact with his, shall we say, clearinghouse. Well, really. Richard, did your mother look like a clearinghouse? Would you like for me to go, madam? Forgive me. No, do stay. You've aroused my curiosity. Well, perhaps I can satisfy it on one point anyway. Namely? A certain construction engineer. I beg your pardon? The police found his body yesterday, washed up on shore. Oh. Waiter, get this young man another glass of water. Just exactly who are you, Mr. Fargo? It's like I told Sutter. I'm a salesman, a dealer in all kinds of information. <laughs> no, no, I'm not working for the police, madam. I learned about the body because the police questioned me in connection with it for three hours last night. Oh. And now, what can I do for you? I'm afraid it's rather a large order. Good. It should never spoke a large piece. I understand the United States Army is installing some new houses. Two of them. A woman about 45 and her son about 21 or 2. You're sure they're the ones? 
You should have seen the reaction when I dropped the bombshell about the washed-up body. So what happened? The son dropped his glass of water. We've got to have more proof than dropping a glass of water. Right. I realize that. When is your next contact? As soon as I get them a map of the new harbor defense installations. All right. We'll fix up a fake map right away. Good, good. Drop it in the mail to me here at the hotel tonight. Then I can contact them again tomorrow's plan. Where? They think here at the hotel. But this time I want to go to their house, wherever that is. And I think I know how I can find out where it is. I'll be in touch with you again in two hours. Right. And don't get yourself shot. Oh, hello, Richard. I I thought you and your mother had gone. Oh, is that why you went to the phone so fast? What do you mean by that? Why? <laughs> Look, kid, go ahead and be suspicious. We have to be in our kind of business, you know safer. Yes, yes, I know. Go tell your mother I've got the map thing in the works. I think we ought to have it by tomorrow. So, I'll see you then. I called his roommate. He's not there. Well, sit down, Richard. He'll probably be along soon. Well, I'm glad you're so confident. Now, please, Richard, don't start that again. Mater, I'm surprised that you, having having had much more experience in this field than I, I, I'm surprised that you're not suspicious of him, too. It's because I've had much more experience than you that I'm not suspicious. Well, now is a good chance maybe to prove one of us is right. What do you mean? I could get into his room and have a look about it. Do no such thing. But, Mater... Now, stop it. Think out of it, child. Okay. I think you found my damn music telephone message I was asked to have. For me? Thank you. Oh, here you are. Thank you, my love. From Fargo, I'll bet. Richard. Yes, what's his alibi? He says he can't meet us here. He'll be waiting for us at our house. He at our house? How did he know where it was? What's the idea? Come on, Richard. We must get there quickly. <laughs> Quite a charming place here, Mrs. Fairfield. Oh? I've been looking around your garden while I was waiting for you. Well, I trust you enjoyed yourself, Mr. Fargo. Oh, I hope you're not angry with me. That's not exactly the right word, Mr. Richard, please. I was afraid the police might be watching my movements in the city, even though they turned me loose. In which case, it wouldn't look good for you two if you were seen a second time in my company at the hotel. I told you we'd have a good alibi. If you're wondering how I found my way here, young man, it was easy. I watched you drive up to the hotel, took your license number, checked it for name and address, and here I am. With or without the map? With. Shall we go inside and look it over? Very well. I'll be in in a few minutes, mate. I've got to look after a couple of things outside. All right, Richard. We'll be in the library. <laughs> As you can see on the map, Mrs. Fairfield, I've added a few notes of my own because the map was a little short on detail. You seem to have a thorough knowledge of the harbor. Knowledge is what I have to tell, madam. Let's not be so formal. <laughs> so you don't share your son's suspicion of me? Your explanation a while ago was entirely satisfactory to me, but... But? 
could be selling a sports match, you know. Even in our business, my, my dear, some measure of trust between buyer and seller is needed. Yes, I've always found that necessary. Please forgive me. Shall we shake hands on it? Oh, better than that. Oh? We'll have a glass of sherry on it. Fine. And drink a toast to further mutually profitable ventures in the line of... I hope I'm not intruding. Certainly not, Richard. Mr. Fargo and I... Yes, must... Richard, you're just in time to join us in toasting the success of our first venture together. Matt is a splendid one, Richard. Oh, that's good. Well, I couldn't think you'd be so indifferent about it. Get the sherry and glasses out of the cabinet over there. Oh, okay, okay. By the way, Mr. Fargo, there was one notation on the map I didn't quite understand. Well, what is that, Mrs. Fessy? Uh, this one right here. Oh, oh, that. Well, what that means is certainly... Oh! Richard, what on earth do you mean by this? Wait a minute. Ah. Yeah, here it is. Look. Cigarette case. It's an initial cigarette case, Mater. And he stole it out of the boat locker where I had it hidden. That isn't yours. Whose is it? That cigarette case, Mater, could have hung us. It belonged to the man we jumped overboard the other night. Back to the FBI file, salesman of espionage in just a moment. First, let me tell you something I learned this week at the Equitable Life Assurance Society. A representative told me about an interview he had with a very up-and-coming young man who called on him and said... See here, I've got about $500 a year free for investment of some kind. Some of my friends say, buy good stocks and bonds. Some say, start a savings account. Some say, buy a share in a small business. I get all kinds of advice. Now, what can you life insurance people offer me? Well, said the equitable representative, we've got a lot to offer. But first, let's get down to the bedrock difference that distinguishes life insurance from all these other things. Suppose you put $500 into the bank today. You create an estate worth just $500. But suppose you take that $500 and buy a $25,000 life insurance policy. Well, the minute that policy is issued, you have created an estate worth not $500, but $25,000. Get the point? With most forms of investment, you start saving, and then gradually, over long, hard years, you create an estate. But with an equitable policy, you create an estate first, and then you start saving it. Now, I'm wondering if you've ever thought about that. You see, there are so many things concerning life insurance we all should know. And the Equitable Society representative in your community is ready to tell you about them without any obligation on your part. Yes, hundreds of just such responsible, friendly, equitable society representatives are busy this week, as they have been every week for more than 86 years, helping the equitable society to build security for you, your home, and your country. And now back to the FBI file... Salesman of Espionage. Yes, even during the days before the treachery of Pearl Harbor forced America into war against the Axis nations, their agents were plotting against the security of the United States. But night and day, 24 hours around the clock, 
special agents of your FBI were on the job, defeating their conspiracies at every turn. And quite often, as events thus far in tonight's case demonstrate, the job involved great personal risk to the special agents assigned to this duty. It's 30 minutes later now, and down at the Fairfield Beach House, Special Agent Fargo has just regained consciousness after being struck down from behind by young Richard Fairfield. I tell you, Mater, you're making a mistake. You should have let me finish the job. Quiet, Richard. I'm, I'm surprised your first blow didn't, young man. Why did you want that cigarette case, Mr. Fargo? You mean, am I a plainclothes policeman? Was I going to try to pin the murder of the engineer on you? Frankly, yes. So? So, if you are with the police, Mr. Fargo, we should have to take drastic steps to protect ourselves. Of course you would. Well? It's true. I was looking for incriminating evidence of murder. See, I told you. Oh, Richard. But only because I wanted an axe to hang over you two as insurance against your double-crossing me. He's lying. I'm sure you've done the same thing with agents you've had to deal with before. It's an old trick, of course. I tell you, he's lying, Mater. Look here, kid. I've had enough trouble with you, you understand? So what? So I'd pin your wet ears back against your adolescent head if I weren't in a hurry to get downtown. Please, Mr. Fargo. You make one move to leave here, and I'll... Now, if you're a good little boy until I leave, I'll give you back your blackjack. I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Fairfield. I apologize for my temper. Richard deserved it. Thank you. Now, about my pay for the map. When Sutter has paid me, I'll pay you. You'll trust me that long, won't you? Well, I... Uh... <laughs> of course. Good evening, my dear. Harrison speaking. This is Fargo, Harrison. What's happened? We were worried when you didn't contact on time. I had contact with a blackjack. What? I'll be at the rendezvous in 15 minutes. Good. Absolutely guilty of the murder, Harrison. I'm convinced of it, too, after all you've told me, Fargo. I could only get one piece of really incriminating evidence. You couldn't find the gun they used. Nah, no luck. The cigarette case would have only been supporting evidence. Well, just the same, I hated to part with it. But it was more important to bluff my way out of a tight situation. Now, wait a minute. Yeah? Bluff? What are you thinking? If you bluffed your way out of their hands, maybe we can bluff them into our hands. What? You said Sutter installed one of his men yesterday in the hotel room next to yours at the Gulf Park. Yes. Yes, he's got a sound recorder that'll pick up anything I say in my room. Then maybe we can figure out some way to use that to our advantage. Yes? How's that? I'll go back to my office, Fargo. You go back to your hotel room and telephone me. And here's what you're to tell me over the phone. Out of my way, quick. It wasn't necessary for you to come here for the map, Mr. Sutter. I was going to get it to you. I have not come for the map. What? I'm sure now that any map you may have gotten from Fargo is a fake. See there, mate, I told Shut you. Shut up, Richard. What are you saying, Mr. Sutter? There's an Italian merchant ship sailing in one hour. I've arranged safe passage for you both. Stop talking in riddles, please. This recording will explain everything. 
May I play it on your machine? By all means. I put an agent in the hotel room next to Fargo. Tonight he recorded this. Listen. Hello. Hello. Operator, get me the FBI. The FBI? I knew it. Shut up. Hello, Harrison. This is Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, I've just come from the Fairfield house. No. No, I didn't find the gun they killed him with. But we won't need it. I'll have another piece of evidence in about two hours. It's just as good. Then we'll move in on it. That's enough. Why didn't you tell me you had murdered that engineer? You got the information from him. That's all you wanted, wasn't it? Come on, Mater. We'd better get away from here quick. Yes. Once on the ship, you will be safe. I'm afraid you're going to miss that boat, Mrs. Fairfield. Fargo. Special Agent Fargo. And this is Agent Charge Harrison. We came in the back way while you were listening to Mr. Fargo's record. And you're both under arrest for murder. On what evidence? On your own admission of the crime to your employer, Herr Sutter. How did you know about the record? As you Nazis say, Sutter, we planned it that way. Mrs. Fairfield and her son Richard were both tried and convicted on a charge of first-degree murder and paid for their crime in the electric chair. The members of your FBI join with all other Americans and all people of goodwill everywhere in the fervent hope that the day will soon come when men shall cease to spy against their fellow men, when all shall dwell on earth together in a spirit of mutual trust. But until that day comes, your FBI shall always go out to meet your enemies and to protect you the American people. As you listen to This Is Your FBI, you must have realized why you look to your FBI for national security. Trained men such as these FBI agents are the best safeguards you can have. And you can depend upon the equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States for the same reason. Able, trained men. The Equitable Society's name is in your phone book. And the Equitable representative in your community is skilled in all phases of life insurance security and experience in its application to your particular problem. He specializes in building security for you, your home, and your country. Next week, we will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, The Singing Swindler. incidents used on tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight's broadcast was directed by William M. Sweet. The music was under the direction of Frederick Steiner. The author was Frank Ferries, and your narrator was Dean Carlson. This is your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. Now, this is Carl Frank speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States 
and the Equitable Society's representative in your community, and inviting you to tune in again next week when the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States will bring you another colorful story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, The Singing Swindler. On this is your FBI. This program came to you from New York. Next week, many cities and towns will be on daylight saving time. If your community switches to daylight time, this program will be brought to you at exactly the same time you have been hearing it. But if you live in an area which remains on standard time, don't forget, this is your FBI will be broadcast one hour earlier. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.